Good morning, Forest Hill family. We're glad you've chosen to join us in worship today. We welcome our guests this morning. Well, we can't wait to see you and be back in our space and our building, give you all a hug and check on your families. Um, we look forward to our time together. But today we join online and we join to worship our Savior. Um, would you take a moment and like this post, share it on your page, and maybe tag a friend who you would like to join in worshiping with you this morning online. We'll begin this morning with a scripture from Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know, even though Paul is in prison, he finds reason to rejoice. One of the things that we've prayed for you and for us that, is that during this season of COVID-19 pandemic is that God would show himself to you in special ways and that um, you would draw close to him through his word and through many things, even though we are at home. And that God would just answer prayers and show himself to be faithful and to be true as we know that he is. I know our family has enjoyed walks and talks and lots of long talks about scripture. We've enjoyed Bible study and so many stories that we could tell you. And we would love to just hear yours, that in spite of a crisis, um, that God is moving. And um, Pastor and I would love for you to email us. Uh, you can email me at shay at forresthillcog.org and just let us know, what have you seen God do? Has he saved someone in your family? Has he just spoken specifically to you through your word? How have you grown in this season? We wanna celebrate with you that. Um, this morning, let us begin with prayer and then we will worship our creator with Pastor Chad and his team. Would you join me this morning in prayer? Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that we are able to rejoice uh, today in good things. We may not be where we really want to be today, um, physically uh, and not in your building and not in your house, but Lord, we know that you are in our homes with us. As we gather in our living rooms today around screens, as we gather, we are in your presence. And Father, we know that distance, Lord, from our building doesn't mean, Lord, that you are not able to move. Lord, your hand is not too short to move. Lord, you, we are not confined, Lord, to that building. And God, I pray that today, Lord, where we are, you would just move amongst us. God, you would heal those that need healing. God, you would bring comfort to those among us today who need comfort, who feel isolated, who feel alone. God, be with them, be present with them today. Let them sense your spirit as we worship and hear your word. God, we pray for those who need salvation today. God, all across this land, God, that you would save. Lord, you would send revival in me. And God, you would send revival to your church. And God, we pray that today. We ask you to move among us as we worship your name. Meet us with your presence, even in our living rooms today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to God's house online, virtually. We're so glad that you've come to worship with us today. He is good and his mercy endures forever.
this morning. Hopefully that woke you up a little bit. He is good, he is great, and he is greatly to be praised. How many know that our God is a healer? He's a restorer, and he rescued us. Was buried beneath my shame. Oh, yeah. Who could carry that kind of way? Don't you know it was mine too? Till I met you. Come on, say I was breathing. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures, all my failures, I tried to hide. To hide. It was my tomb. Say this, because you call, you call my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious name. All right now, say, you call my name, and I ran out of that grave,
right now just in your own way wherever you are sitting in your chair in your living room maybe you're out driving maybe you're re-watching this some other time but right where you are come on and give the God who has redeemed you and set you free some praise come on give the God who has rescued you out of harm's way and out of darkness like the song just said he called you out of darkness and you ran out of that tomb that held you captive you were dead in your sin, but the Lord brought you out. Amen. Come on and just worship him right now. Come on and just begin to thank him for that rescuing mercy, that redeeming that he is so, so good at. Thank you, Jesus, that you called us. Called us out. We've just got to say, We've just got to say, you're great, you're great. Oh, thank you, Lord. You give life, you are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart. That is broken. Come on and say great. Great are you, Lord. And we sing, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out sing that again. You give life, you give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Let's declare this over our families, over our city, sick. And all the 
earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Sing it again. Say, all the earth, all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
Good morning, Forest Hill family. It's so good to see you all today, and we are so excited that you could join with us in worship. Here in just a few moments, we're going to go into a time of prayer, and Pastor Tristan's going to lead us in that. But before we do, I want to give you an opportunity. Go ahead and drop your prayer requests or your needs in the comment section, and our staff is waiting by uh, to agree with you in prayer and to pray over these needs or issues that you may be facing this morning. Let me encourage you this morning with, a, with some scripture that I found in Hebrews chapter 13. And verse 15, the writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. I'm thankful that whether we're at home or we're here, we can lift up the name of Jesus, the fruit of our lips, and we can worship him. So I encourage you, don't forget to do that, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. Take some time out of your day to worship him and just thank him for how good he is to us, even during this tough season. But also, don't forget to be good to your neighbors and check on a neighbor, call a friend, and make sure we're all doing okay because uh, we're just helping each other through this during this tough season. So Pastor Tristan is gonna pray for us this morning. Yes, how many out there believe that he still hears our prayers when we go to him? So if you would, would you take a moment right now with your family and bow your heads and pray with me. Lord, I thank you so much for another day that we all get to gather together as an online community and lift up the name of Jesus, the name that still remains above every other name, the name that is still in control of our lives and of this world. Lord, we know that you're in control, and because of that, we're going to give all of our needs, Lord, all of our worries. All of that belongs to you, Lord. I'm just submitting that to you this morning, God. And if I have any of my friends that are watching right now, Lord, that may have a need, God, that may be struggling and dealing with something, I pray right now that they will be encouraged to just call on your name because you will be there 100% of the time, God. You are faithful and you are trustworthy to hear us when we cry out, God. You are always there for us. You're just one whisper away. So, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that no matter what situation we're in or where we are right now watching this live stream in our relationship with you, Lord, that you would just hear our cries and hear our prayers, Lord, and come and meet the needs that we have uh, together. Lord, I love you, and I thank you so much for this day and for this wonderful worship, God. I pray for our pastor, Lord, and uh, for our ears to be open to receive the word that you have spoken to him for us in this very time. Lord, we love you, and we lift up your name. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Thank y'all so much, and please tune in as we get back to worship. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on. Creation, I see. Praise. 
one more time, let's sing holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation, with all creation I sing praise to the King of Good morning, Forest Hill family. It's great to see you worshiping with us again. I know that many of us had hoped that this week after uh, the governor's order that we might be able to gather in some way or format uh, on our campus, but uh, that's not happened yet. And so we will continue uh, in this way to worship together and to turn to God's word together. And so I'm grateful that we can still do that. Uh, even though we're scattered instead of gathered here, uh, we can still open our hearts to God's Word. And I invite you to do that today. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. That's where we're going to be looking in just a moment. If you haven't done so already, could I remind you to like the post and then click the share button on the post on the bottom of your screen there so that this will go to your page and others can see it there. I would also invite you to tag someone in the comments that you've been praying for during this season so that they can watch along with us and hear God's Word today. If you are part of our Forest Hill family, we're very grateful for your continued love and support of your church. You've been so faithful to do that. Thank you for your faithful giving to the work of the Lord during this season. Uh, don't forget the Engage link is uh, there and you can click on that and it'll take you over to our website where you can make a one-time or set up a recurring gift. If you're joining us as a guest today and you're new to the Forest Hill family, uh, your attendance is your gift today. But one thing we would love for you to do is to fill out a digital connect card. It's also on our website and we'll drop a link for that uh, in the comment section as well. So please connect with us. If you're new or you've been watching and you've never been on our campus, we've never had an opportunity to meet you personally, we would love to do that during this season. So fill out that Connect card. Let us know you would like for us to con contact you, and we'll be in touch with you this very week. Thanks for joining us this week at the Hill. Uh, one more thing, if you like to follow along on your phone or uh, you use the Version app, the little Bible app on your phone or device, if you'll search for Forest Hill COG under Live Events, you can find the notes as well as the text for today's message and follow along with us there. So in your Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Good morning, and I greet you in the name of our risen Lord. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed, and we are very grateful to be able to gather in the name of our risen Lord. Today, Philippians chapter 1 is our text. We're going to be looking there in just a moment. When our service began, uh, Shay read from Philippians 4, Paul's famous words, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. From Paul's tone in this letter, you might would believe that Paul is in a wonderful place, that he's maybe safe at home in his own bedroom writing this letter to the Philippian church, or perhaps he's in the middle of a great revival in some Mediterranean city where the gospel is going forward in power and hundreds of people are being won to the cause of Christ. Well, if you believed either of those things, you'd be mistaken. The reality is in this passage, Paul is in prison. 
He's under arrest. He's under house arrest, but he's still very much confined. He is a prisoner in Rome. He's on house arrest. He's chained to an armed guard. He is living in rented accommodations awaiting trial before a godless emperor named Nero. And we find him in this place yet filled with the joy of Christ. Even though he's experienced delay and discomfort and disappointment, he's not defeated, discouraged, or depressed. Instead, he is filled with joy. And that's where we find him in our passage this morning. You know, there are many kind of prisons that we can experience and encounter in life. Maybe you're experiencing sort of a prison right now. It's easy to feel that way, isn't it? Maybe you're confined to a hospital bed or you feel locked into the nursing home and unable to get out or anyone else to come in and visit you during the season. Maybe you're a parent who feels tied to the stove or the kitchen sink or the laundry room because everyone is staying home now and all of a sudden your responsibilities have increased in that way. Maybe you're still going to work and you feel anchored to an office desk. Perhaps you're serving a 60-day sentence with cranky little inmates that you've been called to educate via homeschool for the next few weeks. Maybe you're working long hours as an essential health care provider in one of our clinics or in a hospital emergency room. You're living in an at-risk environment caring for other patients. Maybe you're stuck at home on house arrest watching television while the rest of the world is able to go to work, yet your small business is still shuttered and the place where you work is, uh, has you furloughed and you're not able to go in right now. There are a lot of different kinds of prisons we could find ourselves in today. Even though Paul has joy in Jesus, you can tell in Philippians 1 that he is struggling. He's dealing with the reality of this. You can hear it in his letter. In chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy. There's the joy. He's got the joy. But can you hear the concern in his voice? He says to them, number one, I am thankful for you. He's grateful for their partnership and their friendship and support of his ministry. In verse 8, he says, not only am I thankful for you, but I miss you. Verse 8 reads this way, For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of of Christ Jesus. He misses his friends and he longs to be reunited with them. In verse 9 he says, I am praying for you and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. And so Paul says, I, I'm thankful for you, I miss you, I'm praying for you. You can tell this is rough on him. Paul, like most of us here today, is locked up. He's confined. He's socially distanced. He is quarantined. He's unable to be out and about. Many of us are disappointed like him that we're still not allowed to gather on campus. Maybe you're disappointed that your place of unemployment remains unopened. Like Paul, those who live in the kingdom of God can still know joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. Paul says that living with joy is one of the signs of being a citizen of God's kingdom. In Romans 14 and, 20 and 17, he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, we know we're in the kingdom of God when we live a life of righteousness, when we experience God's peace, and when our hearts are filled with a joy that only comes from the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Well, I want you to look with me today in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, because Paul tells us that the key to experiencing uh, this joy in life is to have a kingdom mindset. 
We're talking about the kingdom of God all through this series. And today I want to talk about having a mindset that lines up with the way Jesus would have us think. Having the mind of Christ is what Paul will call it in chapter 2 of this very book. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But in chapter 1 we see that mindset in the Apostle Paul. Look with me beginning at verse 12. I want to read verse 12 to 21 together. Re Notice this with me on the screen. I'm reading from the NIV today. Philippians 1.12 says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does that matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice for that I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Wow, that is a kingdom mindset. And I want you to notice there are some components to this mindset. There's several things that rise to the surface when we begin to dig deep and understand what does it mean to live with the mind of Christ. Well, Paul gives us several here. Number one is clarity. Say that with me. Clarity. Clear-headedness, seeing things the way that God would have us to see them. Uh, this is the first component of a kingdom mindset, a clear vision of the sovereignty of God. Paul understands that even though the circumstances of his life are not those he would have chosen for himself, God has engineered these circumstances. He is still in the very center of God's will. He understands the sovereignty of God. That's a big word. Sovereignty is a big word and it simply means this. There is a God and you're not Him. God is God and we are not. That's what sovereignty means. Even though Paul found himself in this difficult place, he knew that God was still in charge. He had a very clear view of these two ideas. Number one, God's providence. Say providence. That's an old word we don't use much anymore. I'm not talking about a city on the eastern seaboard. I'm talking about the understanding that behind every circumstance, God is still on the throne. God still rules and overrules. This is the truth we affirm every single week as a congregation when we shout, The Lord reigns! We are reminding ourselves that He is still on the throne. Jesus assured us that we are His sheep and His sheep are held in the grip of His Father's hand and that no one is able to pluck us from our Father's hand. K. Arthur wisely reminds God's people of this great truth when she says, 
everything that filters into my life, every circumstance that comes into my life was first filtered through the loving fingers of a good God. We would do well to remember that in this season of our lives. To believe in providence is to affirm the promise of Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to those who are the called according to His purpose. And so we have to have clarity about God's providence and then about God's purpose. Even when we don't see it, He's working. He never stops working. We often sing that here at the Hill. Paul gained a little clarity into God's purpose behind allowing him to face these difficult circumstances. Notice he said in verse 12, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. It has become clear to the whole palace guard that I am in chains for Christ. Wow. And so notice this. Paul begins to realize and see in the middle of his circumstances that even though he wouldn't have chosen to do it this way, God is using his captivity for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus. Well, that leads to the second component of a kingdom mindset, and that is creativity. That's right. You may not think of creativity as a biblical value, but it really is. Uh, here Paul is, and in the middle of this trouble, he has to get creative. He had a choice to make sitting in his apartment in Rome on house arrest. He could have simply given up. He could have caved into the circumstances. Paul's attitude could have been, well, that's it. I can't really do anything to advance the cause of Christ. I can't set up a booth in the market and be a tent-making preacher anymore. I can't proclaim to the multitudes or heal the sick or even use uh, some means like that to impress people with the message of Christ. There's nothing I can do. I guess I'll just sit here and wait uh, for my trial date to roll around. But he didn't. Paul got creative. There's a great beatitude that's not in the Bible, and it goes like this. Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be bent out of shape. Paul was flexible. He was creative, and he figured out a way to advance the gospel even though he was on house arrest in Rome. Number one, Paul wrote letters to the churches that he'd helped start all over the Mediterranean area. He writes letters to the Philippians and the Colossians and the Ephesians and the Galatians. He writes letters. And many of these letters that Paul wrote during this prison time are the very books of the New Testament that you and I enjoy reading today. Can you imagine your Bible without the book of Philippians or Colossians? Well, Paul wrote these letters during his time in prison. That's a beautiful thought, that God used this time to give us the great gift of the New Testament books. Another thing Paul did during this season was to practice hospitality. Now, it doesn't seem like much, but it became a very big deal. Paul invited people into his apartment that he'd rented there in Rome. And even though he's enchained and he can't go see them, they can come see him. And so Paul opens his home and he makes his living room a place where people can encounter the gospel of Christ. Here in this little room, Paul witnesses to the lost. He preaches the gospel to unbelievers. He convinces Jewish uh, followers of the law that Jesus is the Messiah. He disciples new believers. He trains young ministers to go out and preach the gospel. He sort of manages the churches as a bishop. Uh, and he does that all from his living room in this rented place. Lastly, Paul influenced high-ranking Roman military officials for the gospel of Jesus. Paul speaks of those in the palace who know that he's in chains. The Greek word for palace here is the word praetoria. You may have heard of the Praetorian Guard. Paul obviously doesn't live in the palace, so who's he talking about? He's talking about these members of the Praetorian Guard. These are the personal bodyguard of Caesar. 
16,000 soldiers handpicked by the emperor who are given the charge of keeping him alive. They are his closest defenders. And here they are living in Rome and they are assigned different duties. And one of the duties of these soldiers is to guard the Apostle Paul. So every six hours, like clockwork, a new soldier comes on duty and Paul is chained by the wrist with a long chain to this man so that he may not leave his apartment. Can you imagine that? In the natural, it looks like the preacher is chained to the soldier. But I can imagine after six hours of hearing Paul talk about Jesus, it became pretty clear that the soldier was chained to the preacher. God turns this whole circumstance on its head. And we find out something that God does through this, through this time. In chapter 1 verse 13, he says, The whole palace guard and everyone here knows that I'm in chains for Christ. But in chapter 4, verse 22, Paul closes the book by saying, All God's people here in Rome send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. These guards would be considered part of the household of Caesar. In other words, what is Paul saying? He's saying some of these men have been won to Jesus during his time here. So during this two years, when it seems like his ministry cannot be fruitful, Paul is still bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. What a way to be creative and flexible. Can I tell you today, we need to be careful not to miss it. Paul couldn't preach to multitudes in the streets, but God had strategically positioned him to do something for the kingdom that he would never get to do any other way. What looked like a demonic shutdown had actually become a divine setup for Paul. I want to urge us during this season to not miss what God is doing. Just because things aren't normal or the way we prefer them to be doesn't mean there are not opportunities to serve God, to advance the kingdom, to share our faith in Christ, and to help people who live with us grow deeper in their walk with God. Don't waste this time of forced sabbatical. Don't waste this time. Let God lead you how to use it to grow in Him and to advance His kingdom. Even now, I think about our church. We've been forced to be flexible, to get creative with the way we do ministry. Social media platforms have been flooded with the gospel. Churches like ours that never had a television presence are proclaiming the gospel on local networks week after week. People who never attended our church before are joining us from their living room on Sundays. We're finding creative ways to advance the kingdom, to preach the gospel, to gather in groups online and disciple those who trust in Christ. Clarity, creativity, and number three, contentment. This is another big word if we're going to live with a kingdom mindset. We're going to have to be content. We have to learn to be content. A dear friend in our church wrote me last Sunday and said something about contentment, and he said, some of us are being dragged kicking and screaming into contentment. That's a pretty funny picture, isn't it? Dragged into contentment. But that's exactly the way Paul describes it in chapter 4. In chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says, he says, I'm not writing to you because I am in need, because I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. Whatever the circumstances, I've learned to be content. I love that. So Paul says that contentment is something we must learn. It isn't natural. It's an acquired skill. It's something we have to be taught. And most of us learn it the hard way, right? Paul says this in verse 12. He goes on to say, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And again, he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Wow, contentment. 
It is not natural. It's learned, and it's learned by being placed in difficult situations. Maybe one of the things God's determined to develop in us during this season is the grace of contentment, that we don't have to have nearly what we thought we had to have to have peace or joy or happiness or to have a fulfilled life. In God's school, when He places us in a test, it's not pass or fail, it's pass or retake. So I'd urge us, let's learn the lesson so we can move on to the next one. Contentment is one of the the components of the mind of Christ. Number four, confidence. Say that with me. Confidence. Confidence. Paul has confidence that God is going to affect his deliverance in this passage. Um, We've been talking about the provision of God, that God's going to provide, that He's going to take care of our needs today. Uh, If you watched the service with our kids this morning, Pastor Austin taught them the next petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. It's the promise of God's provision. In verse 20, Paul says, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Paul had confidence in God's provision. And he did so because of two great truths. Number one, he had confidence in the prayers of God's people. Paul believed in prayer, and he believed that the Philippians' prayers for him were going to be answered, that God was going to move by their prayers. We read in the book of Acts where Peter was delivered from prison because of the prayers of God's people. Paul believed that he too could be delivered from Roman prison by the prayers of the Philippians. Paul believed in the power of prayer. He had no doubt God would use the prayers of the church to bring about his rescue. John Wesley said many years ago, God governs the world by the prayers of His saints. If we believed this, I'm convinced we would pray more and grumble less. Let me ask you, are you praying during this season? There are many ways we could just waste this season and fritter away the time, but are you praying? Are you spending time before the Lord in prayer? A great deal of our ability to enjoy uh, the joy of Christ during circumstances like these is tied to our prayer life. We will not have joy if we're not spending time alone with God in secret prayer. The Old Testament saints, the Lord Jesus, the apostles, the early church, Christians in every generation have testified to this. It's not how much we talk about prayer, it's whether or not we actually pray That determines our joy level. So the prayers of God's people. And then number two, Paul had confidence in the power of God's Spirit. He says, I know that through the supply or provision of God's Spirit, I'm going to be delivered. Even though the Philippians couldn't be present with Paul, they could pray for him. And even though he couldn't enjoy their company, Paul was not alone. Even in the seasons when there was just him and a Roman soldier and no friends around, Paul was still not alone. He had been given God's great provision, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for that today. Maybe today you're struggling with loneliness or a sense of isolation. Maybe you have been uh, very limited in your interaction with others today, and that's become a struggle for you. Can I encourage you today? God is present with us. He is our very present help in the time of trouble. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And the Bible says He would give us the Holy Spirit to be a comforter who would abide with us forever. He promised He would never leave us and never forsake us. Well, I want to give you one more component of a kingdom mindset, and we find it uh, in the passage in verses 9 through 11. And it's simply this word, the word conduct. Say conduct. 
Paul's talking about our character, the way we conduct our lives. It was generally a Greek term used to talk about being a good citizen, the way we live in front of other people. Paul's speaking much about our public life, the way we act when we're around others. The way of behaving has a lot to say about whether or not Christ is in control of our minds or not. In verse 9 through 11, he says this, This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the praise and glory of God. Paul gives us these key words. He tells us that our, our conduct or our way of living and behaving should be, number one, without pretense. Say pretense. In other words, there should be nothing fake or pretentious. We shouldn't be pretending. There should be something genuine and real about our character that others can see in our behavior. The word is pure. It means literally to be inspected in the sunlight. The Latin equivalent would be the word sincere. Sincere, without wax. Whenever merchants would make a piece of furniture, it would often have imperfections and they would cover over them with wax. But to know that you had a good quality piece of furniture, they would bring that furniture out into the sunlight and the sunlight would melt the wax and you would be able to see the defects if there were any in the workmanship of the product. And so Paul is saying our lives should be able to stand the inspection of the light. Our lives, seen in the full light of day, should have nothing missing. They should be pure, without pretense. Number two, they should be without offense. We should not live lives that offend others. He says this here, to be blameless, lives without offense, lives that don't cause others to stumble. That's what the word really means. Now listen, if we're going to try to live a life that uh, doesn't cause someone else to disagree with us, we'll never be able to do that. That's not what Paul is talking about. But he is saying that there shouldn't be anything about our behavior that causes someone who is examining the claims of Christ or trying to follow Christ to stumble on the journey. There should be something about our life that draws them in even more deeply to consider Christ. In Colossians 4, Paul says it this way, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That is the, the call that we have today. Paul understood his attitude had a large part to play in whether people around him came to know Christ or not. We need to remember that today. His demeanor, his outlook, his mood, his words, his ability to keep his emotions and his temper in check, these were not personal issues, these were kingdom issues. And they affected his ability to be a good witness we need to be reminded of that. We're all witnesses for Christ. The question's not whether you're a witness, but what kind of witness are you today? You may be the only Bible someone reads. Paul says we are living epistles written uh, and read by all men. People may never read the Bible, but they read our lives. They read our character, our demeanor, our actions, our words. If you're the only Christian that someone encounters, what will they think and believe about the Lord Jesus? Paul said our conduct has a lot to do with having a kingdom mindset. Clarity, creativity, contentment, confidence, and conduct. These are the components of a kingdom mindset that pleases God and advances His kingdom. They're also the kind of mindset that lead us to walk in the joy of Christ. Which one of these areas is the greatest struggle for you today? Is there one of these that the Holy Spirit is really dealing with you about? Is it growing in contentment, learning how to be content, 
even in the midst of difficult circumstances or situations that last a lot longer than we thought or hoped they would last. Maybe it's confidence that God is working behind the scenes even when that's not apparent or easy to track. Maybe today we're struggling with our conduct, keeping our words, our emotions in check. Allow the Lord to help you today. Let me ask you, are you being controlled by the circumstances or is your life under the control of the Holy Spirit? Is King Jesus calling the shots? Has He become the center of your life and the center of your joy? Let me ask you finally, are you experiencing a life of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit? Because these are the signs that we're really part of the kingdom of God. They're the proof we're citizens in His family. Have you trusted Christ today? Has Jesus become the center of your life? Has He become the part uh, that makes everything else work well? If you know Jesus and you're living out of that relationship with Him, no matter what's going on around you, you can have joy within you. And His Spirit, that provision can be enough to get you through this difficult season. If you don't know that today, I urge you, find some time to get alone with God today. Invite the Lord Jesus to come and, uh, and, and intersect your life today. Confess your sins. Believe on His death and resurrection. Trust that His cross was enough for your forgiveness. And ask God to forgive you and to come into your life and transform you. We'd love to help you do that today. Call one of us today and let us hear from you. Our pastor on call number is on the screen there. It's uh, 345-1700. You can contact us there and we would love to pray with you. You can also fill out that digital connect card at foresthillcog.org and we'll be in touch with you this week to give you some resources on how to live out your life in Christ. Whatever you may be facing today, a kingdom mindset will make your life better in every way. I urge you to let the Holy Spirit develop that in you. Would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, we love you and thank you. And we pray, Lord, today that you would teach us, like you taught Paul, how to live our lives with a clear view of your purpose and your power so that we might find contentment and joy in the middle of even difficult times. Father, we pray that you would keep our hearts and minds fixed on you and help us to find creative ways to be a blessing even in this season. And we'll thank you in Jesus' strong name. And everyone said, Amen. Would you receive this blessing from the Lord before we go? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and grant you His peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for worshiping Noah with us today. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Here are some ways you can continually to financially support our church and our ministries. Our website is available at www.forestillcog.org or download our app, Forest Hill COG. Text to Give is also available by texting GIVE to 251-202-4764. Or you can mail your contributions to our campus, 5508 Moffett Road, Mobile, Alabama, 36618. Our social media sites are up and running also, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching Forest Hill COG. Once again, thanks for worshiping with us today.